Hi, this is Gina Casella from Port St. John, Florida, and you're listening to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! Do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The social distancing and barbecue capital of the North Coast. Also the American League playoff home of the North Coast, the presidential debate, home of the North Coast. The list goes on and on. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday night for the Live Fire Fun and Frivolity Show. If you want to jump in tonight via phone call or email, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com on the Twitter and Instagram at BBQCentralShow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. A guest who has made any number of appearances here on the show. You knew him as an incredibly successful competition pitmaster, a purveyor of rubs and sauce. One of the most mentioned and talked about cooking class instructors back when cooking classes were really starting to take a hold over this competition scene. And the list goes on and on. I think at last count, as we were talking about last week, and Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famers, Uh, In the neighborhood of 12 times, that's a dozen, maybe working on a baker's dozen here this evening, the pit master of Pellet Envy, as many of you know him, Rod Gray, making his triumphant return to the show. If you are a listener, especially last week, you'll know that Rod Gray was one of the five that was inducted into the 2020 Barbecue Central Show's Guest Hall of Fame. Some people were making their own posts, unsolicited by me, unconfirmed by me, leaving key words out like guest. And I think other people that were commenting on other people's posts were thinking that my five got into a barbecue hall of fame. I don't want to say that that is incorrect. However, that is incorrect. They got into the guest hall of fame of this show. I just want to be very clear about that. Not that that's demeaning or any less wonderful, life-changing. You put the adjectives and descriptors as you see fit. But just to make sure that we're on the same page. 
After Rod Gray, we will be joined by first-timer to the show, somebody that is a co-host of a barbecue podcast as well. His name is Lendl Scranton, and he is a co-host of the Tailgate Guys Barbecue Show. And as I listen to that show and I listen to Lendl talk about how disenchanted he has become with the judges judging his meats at competition, and I wanted to have him on to talk about the never-ending topic of debate and or things that cause competition cooks consternation at the forefront continues to be judging. And we will hash it out with Lendl and say, hey, man, is this really a judging issue or is your food sucking and you're looking for a way to get out of it to make yourself look a little better? Let's own up to what we should be owning up to. That's your first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour. As I'd mentioned last week, after I gave you my take on the American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix, I was also quick to tell you that my new man crush in the whole world is Rashid Phillips, and he will be in from Phillips Barbecue Company. So we'll talk to Rashid about his background. If you've watched the show, you know there's some uh, Jamaican heritage going on there. Uh, but we'll also see how we got on the show and you know all the behind the scenes. I'll ask the questions that I want to ask, of course. And we'll see how that whole barbecue scene is going for him. And then closing out the show, so we're bookending the show with the 2020 Barbecue Guest Hall of Famers, Rod Gray on the first bookend. And then joining me to close the show, coming out of the bullpen, as we say, is a show favorite, Lene Oxley-Luke from Sugar's Barbecue. And we will talk to her about any number of items, not the least of which I'm sure she has developed and prepared a very robust acceptance speech for the Barbecue Guest Hall of Fame. We'll also talk about her barbecue business and how that's been going this year as well. Uh, It was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, that we had her on last when she was on the uh, Flay vs. Simon TV show that was on the Food Network. So there's your show as it lays out. Don't forget you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snappy Snaps at BBQ Central Show. You can also catch a live video stream on Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show, depending on the platform that you like. You can also catch it on YouTube slash RD Romeo Delta, RD Rempe. Lots of feedback coming in on the 2020 BBQ Central Show Guest Hall of Fame that was announced last week. Many of you loved the segments, being able to hear how the choices were made. This was the first year that we had to make the case for four inductees. Last year, we only had to make a case for one, which happened to be the bristly barbecue journalist, Derek Riches. And honestly, while I would love to say that it would have been great to have all five picked out in one shoot, there was some good old-fashioned case-making that happened last week, and I liked it a lot. It seemed like, I don't want to say it was a big sales session, but we got to hear the inner workings and mind thoughts of the embedded correspondents and people that they thought had the best chance of getting into the Guest Hall of Fame this year and then making the case for uh, the three of us that weren't making the case, deciding whether we'd not we wanted to come off of one of our choices to then affirm one of the case-makers' choices. Is that convoluted? Sounds like it as I'm talking about it out loud. But it was fun. 
great two segments. I went back, listened to it a couple different times. Very entertained. If I'm entertained listening back and I lived it, that should say something. So if you missed it, go back and listen to those two segments. Second hour last week, it's already in the feed. If you're not subscribed, do that. Any number of emails to follow up on things that were said during those segments. For instance, Greg, why do you hate Jack Nicholas and Kent Asormo? A lot of you followed up that email with, I know who Jack Nicholas is, who's Kent DeSormo, and why do you have an issue with him? I don't know if I have enough time to get into the fact on why Jack Nicholas, the Golden Bear, is also a raging asshole of seismic and gargantuan proportions. Likewise, one of the literal smallest men on the face of the earth and unless you're a horse racing person, which I'm guessing most of you aren't, you have no idea who Kent Asormo is. And aside from being a raging alcoholic, he also happens to be a raging asshole as well. When I rank assholes in this earth, Jack Nicholas is number one with a bullet, and it is not even close. Second, and it's a far, far back second, but second, nonetheless, is that jockey, Kent Asormo, who's probably listening to the show right now well into his third handle of Paramount Vodka. Uh-oh. I'm not going to get into it. Just know that those two take the cake for me. Also got this email a lot. Greg, did you say Johnny Trigg accosted you at the very first Kingsford Invitational? You can go back and listen to the audio and make your own deductions. There were a lot of people that had a lot of different viewpoints, ask them, I put out their names. Here's another question that came up. I didn't anticipate this being a thing either, but through various channels, I got something along the lines of, Greg, when you were making the case for George Motes, you told Doug after he agreed to saying yes, that you used a technique on him in order to hopefully get that yes answer. What was that technique or what was that technique? I'm glad some of you picked up on that. That's a bit of a sales tactic. And if you noticed, while everybody else was going around and I was saying, is it a yes or a no for you, John, or a yes or no for you, Rusty? When it was my turn, after laying out the case, I went to Doug and I said, Doug, is there any reason why we wouldn't be voting George Motes in? Allowing Doug to then puke back to me some objections, which I could then return back to him, overcome, and secure my yes. What did we find out in the end? George Motes confirmed. If you want to work here, you better close. Otherwise, it's hit the bricks. Rod Gray coming up out of the break. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue, established in 1882. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Offering premium Central Texas barbecue. Slow smoked over real wood. Post oak wood, by the way. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu as well. All meats are processed in the on-site. USDA inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options are available if you're interested. Shipping nationwide via FedEx or food service distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. 
Co-packaging capable from research and development to par- uh, product package completion. We can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new from scratch. Private labeling opportunities also available. If you visit SouthsideMarket.com as you start to load up that shopping cart and you want a quick savings, 10% off your entire order each and every time when you enter promo code BBQ Central. All one word, lowercase, BBQ, C-E-N-T-R-A-L. BBQ Central is your code, and you get to save 10% off the entire order. This time and the next time you go, if you've not had the hot guts, I recommend it. Life-changing. Again, that's uh, promo code BBQ Central, and we will be back with the one and only Rod Gray. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. Always trust your butcher. All right, last week in the second hour, the embedded correspondents and I voted in the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame class of 2020. One of those folks happens to be my first guest this evening. You might know him. From his various TV appearances, his successful line of rubs and sauces, from his time on the barbecue competition circuit, winning competitions and putting on classes this past Tuesday, he had another notch to the accomplishment belt by earning his way into the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. So let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Rod Gray. Hey, Rod, how are you, pal? I'm great, Greg. How are you, buddy? Good. I'm glad you took all of my pertinent information masked up as we are amid pandemic time. So, uh, and by the way, we are, we are definitely socially distant. I'm in Cleveland and you're in Kansas. Uh, I'm in Kansas City. You're right. And Kansas I've City. got my mask on so I don't spread any of my attitude to you this evening. So you have three masks on okay? is what you're saying? No, just one. Just one. One's enough. All right. Well, it, see, it's all about blowback, Greg. It, it brings it back at me and it doesn't put it out at you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, Rod, I'm not going to ask you where the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame honor ranks, mostly because I don't want to have my feelings hurt. But since you are in the Guest Hall of Fame now, I would certainly like to give you as much time as you would like in order to make any statement you might see fit to make. Uh, I got to be honest with you. If you could just roll over your entire monologue again and let me just insert myself in a few places, we could do a whole freaking show right there. Oh I mean, yeah. So much was said there that I would like to get involved in, but, but, uh, I didn't prepare any remarks. Unlike, unlike, um, your later guest, guest hall of famer, who you said probably 
created something robust. I, I'm just um, uh, I'm guessing. I don't know for sure, but I would like to think people take time out to uh, draw out dissertation type experiences. I haven't seen Lene probably since we shot the show in 2013. She was robust then, and she's probably still robust. I'm guessing. I don't. Not nearly as robust as I am, but. All right. Um, so aside, let me ask you this question. Aside from uh, the other 2020 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame members that we put into the hall last week, do you know any other names uh, that were like in the inaugural class of 2018 or the class of five of 2019 by chance? Well, I did. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did go research it, really? and it really looked like you, it looked like you shot your wad in 2018. To be honest, you think you put everybody and their dog in, and then yes. and then backfilled with Derek Riches in 19. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I would put it like that. See, here's the thing. Uh, much unlike the Barbecue Hall of Fame, I mean, whatever that means to anybody, but the one that's uh, put on by the American Royal who missed a fabulous opportunity right up front after they bought it from that pathetic online institution that it had you know, just lingered in media, perhaps below mediocrity for years and years. They missed a huge opportunity of ushering in a large number up front so you could then... Uh, you disagree? You know, do you know, did you do your research? Did you know that I was on the very small group that, that brought that to the bar, to the American Royal? Uh, amongst others, yes, of course. I know everything. Mm-hmm. There were only really two of us, but I will tell you, the original idea was Sterling Balls, and he put that idea in my ear, and then uh, another guy, Dean Crow, who's not a barbecuer, and I brought it to the committee, and then we approached uh, Mike about it, and they didn't pay anything for it, Greg. Gr- Mike graciously passed it off to us. Well, I mean, it was, it was hardly it was hardly worth anything, though. I mean, there was no monetary value to it. I mean, it was a great idea, well, but it was nothing. I did more with my Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame than they ever did with that. But and by the way, no disrespect to them, but it just was it just ended up being kind of a nothing. So the fact that the American Royal ended up, uh, or that you guys, you and Sterling, brought it to the American Royal to take over Sterling, Sterling yeah. Um, yeah. then you know, I mean, that's th- that has obviously helped. Uh, raise awareness and uh, bring a little bit more fun to it. Um, I don't know exactly, but I, you know, I thought as we, you know, uh, you go back through and listen to the uh, years uh, before the last two, you would find me uh, perhaps railing against any number of things that the Barbecue Hall of Fame wasn't doing, know, right? right? But but it it has yeah. changed and it's great, and we announce stuff on my show, and it's it's a wonderful relationship now. But I thought that there was a yeah, miss well, right up front be, where you could have put a bunch of people in and done away with a lot of other questioning and others and, and just included a bunch of people that might not ever get in. Well, OK, so OK, so you want to put a bunch of people who normally would never get in. Yeah, but what I'm talking thing. about is, uh, for instance, I mean, <laughs> let's let's be honest that there are probably any number if you go back into the to the. Uh, very early days, uh, slave days, you know, uh, no uh, surprise to you, Rod, but uh, uh, there weren't a lot of great records kept by some pitmasters that probably deserve to be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, right? 
So if we can find okay, them, I, I can see, I can see that. I'm not just saying let's just that. go back and throw everybody in, but I, I think that there you could have done a, a bigger base up front and then had an easier time as we go forward in the in the three or the five or whatever it would be. Well, let's just say we didn't have the budget for a big class. I mean, not everybody can have a slab of my ribs and bronze, yes. Greg. Well, uh, you know, a lot of money was probably spent up front on having Guy Fieri come in and be the faceplate. I mean, let's be honest, Rod. Oh, I mean, no. should we get him no, out no, of no the Barbecue Hall of Fame? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You have not. to he be serves. kidding me. I am not kidding you. Of course. I'm not kidding you. See, it's not worth you and I hashing over tonight because we only have a limited amount of time, but there were reasons. And honestly, what better than have him come back the next year and be the MC of the whole event? I mean, it was a great year. Sure. It was great to put Johnny in and it was great to put him in and then to come back next year and he wants to MC the whole event. What, what a great, what a great way to, to do that. But why not just agree on some, uh, reduced appearance fee? Instead of putting him into the barbecue hall of fame, no, what I'm saying, I, there's no fee, but I'm saying in, in, right. in yeah. lieu You're of the, instead of putting him in, yes, because it pulls at the very fabric of the barbecue hall of fame. He's done nothing to get into the barbecue hall of fame. But see, and and I'm going to leave this here. But when we started this, we had three categories, and one category right. was a, a face, and we tried, and it didn't honestly go over all that well, but. I stand behind our decision to put guy guy in. I do. Um, barbecue is food, and he does a lot for food. It it's it's still paying off that he's in the barbecue hall of fame. I'm sorry you didn't get in, Greg. No, that has nothing to do with it. I could care less. I could care it less. Seems like, you got, it seems like you got a cob up your ass about not getting in. <laughs> no. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Um, all right. So enough of the shenanigans, Rod. <laughs> you know, I pulled up your last appearance here on this show. And believe it or not, oh, yeah. it has been four years since you were on the show. And Was that uh, the sponsorship segment? That was did? the sponsorship segment, uh, which, by the way, still happens to be a very popularly downloaded portion and also one mm-hmm. that, as I t- just talk to folks at random, uh, they will reference the sponsorship segment. So, uh, But, I mean, you know, your segments have always been one of the more popular ones. Anyway, you took part in a lot of roundtables as well where you were very free and sharing of all your information. So, uh, yeah, long way to get to what's Rod been up to? Absolutely nothing. I've, I've been hiding out here in my house, waiting for COVID-19 to be over and, uh, doing projects around the house and in the yard. I haven't cooked anything only in the house, not barbecue. And honestly, it's the grossest boring thing to tell you what I've been doing lately. That's about it. But what about over the last four years? I mean, not just, you know, I mean, everybody year has kind of sucked, right? But I mean, for four years, you haven't been hiding out. No, I, I cooked pretty good until May of, of 19. And I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Then nobody knows it. I'm announcing it on your show. Really? And we did radiation into the fall. And then it took me some time to recover from that. And then before this season could get started, COVID-19 hit, so just laying low. Um, my, the closer, Sherry's working from home. I'm actually in her office. I duped you. I've got a completely different setup than the one that you and I practiced on earlier. Yeah. Um, yes, he does do stuff behind the scenes, folks. Uh, so I'm sitting in her office because there's some carpet on the floor, and I'm using her, her earbuds so that we've got a little better audio, and I'm you know, trying to make a go of this. Well, I mean, it sounds great, and the background is exceptional. There's no wall smack, which I certainly appreciate from an audio standpoint. Um, 
So you just said you just announced here on this show that you were diagnosed with prostate cancer. So, I mean, prognosis-wise, uh, you know, where are we at? I mean, they get everything, and it's, you know, now gutting through this whole, uh, you know, making sure we've gotten all of it out and, and the accompanying processes? It's, it's funny, Greg. Um, I don't feel like I ever had cancer, really, but I was definitely diagnosed with it. Actually, I was diagnosed with it in 18, in March of 18, and then a year later, they did some testing to see you just disappeared. Oh, that's all right. I Don't worry about it. There. You just keep going. Sorry. 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 And and uh, and then we did a one-year checkup, and they were like, no, we thought we could just watch this for a while, but it's time to do something. So we picked radiation because of mostly because of my size. And uh, so we start, I started radiation in July of, of 19, and it went till September 23rd of 19. So it's been exactly one year. You never know. I mean, they just keep testing you. You never know, I guess, that it's 100% eradicated. You're in remission and, and you're, 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 I'm sorry, I'm bouncing my leg telling you this because it's not that comfortable, but uh, you, uh, you you just keep checking your numbers and as long as your numbers are good, your PSA, then then you're in pretty good shape. So um, I, I did the radiation. I went in there every day for, I forget the number it is now, but uh, I was in there with guys. There wasn't a soul in there that was 20 years uh, close to my age. They were all wow. at least 20 years older than me, but it's fine. It's over. It's done. And things are mostly back to normal. And then COVID hit and I've been sitting here doing not that much. You had had quite a scare with uh, Sherry and, and her own um, issue there a number of years ago. And uh, 12 and 13. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, so we had talked about that on the show and, you know, things that you were feeling at that point infecting you. Now turn it around uh, six years later, and it's you uh, now having to go through this. So, I mean, what kind of a of a of a dichotomy is that to be a support system and a champion for your wife, and now all of a sudden you're the one facing uh, something you know pretty substantial? Uh, how do you overcome that? And and what were what were the best days like, and what were the darkest days like? Uh, first, I want to scold you for a moment. I'm in Kansas. So when you use big words like dichotomy, it, it confuses me. So you need to dumb that down just a little bit. Um, you know, I got to tell you, the whole prostate cancer thing was like a cold. I mean, it just wasn't, uh, there just wasn't that much to it. I went in every day, five days a week for radiation treatment straight through. And and uh, it, it, it lasted like six minutes at a time. I don't really remember the number now, but... All I had was some fatigue at the end. There's some, there's obviously some other side effects that come and go. And, but compared to what Sherry went through in 12 and 13, this was, this was a blip on the radar. Mm -hmm. In fact, that whole thing with her being a, a now an organ transplant patient is what makes us probably more cautious about the whole pandemic thing. She's working from home. The last thing I want to do is go out on the road and cook a contest and then bring it home to her. That would be really bad. So, we just decided the best thing I could do is just maybe take the year off. So that's what I'm doing. Do you foresee then? And I mean, we're all assuming, let's say, that the, the year turns and there's more normal than what we're used to at this point. Do you think you will be back out uh, competing 15, 20, 30 times? Or like, how do you see Pellet Envy getting back into the competition scene? I'm not sure I will, honestly. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I haven't, you know, uh, how many years? We started in 01, I really started competing in 02. So uh, 2019 was, you know, 17 years of it. 
of competing sometimes 30, 35 events a year, plus the other stuff we do. And honestly, it was burning me out. Uh, you know, we went so hard in 09. I turned around and tried to repeat in 10 and, and Mike Wozniak at QL beat me that year and ended up second for team of the year. And, and then we were still, I think we were still top 10 in, in uh, 11. And then it just started to become a grind, honestly. Took on the sponsorship, and so it was more about business. And and uh, I'm not sure, Greg, to be honest with you. I, I love the people. I love doing it. I love all that, but it, it's work. And I'm just not sure that it's it's what I want to do going forward. Uh, so what do you see yourself doing then? I mean, I think people still associate rod gray as that barbecue guy uh, as you mentioned you were so prolific at it for a decent chunk of time a team of the year uh, runner-up as you said that year after so if if your identity and i'm not saying this is your identity but if people identify you with competition or live fire cooking is that something that you would continue to do in some form or would you just get outside the box well you know I still have Eat Barbecue, which are the rubs and sauces, and the ones that made me so successful. And and they're actually really doing amazing this year, which is strange, sort of. I sort of understand it. Um, and I, I, what I really knew, I never worked on that. Initially, I never wanted to have rubs and sauces. Then I went on Pitmasters, and, and somebody said, if you're ever going to do it, now's the time to do it. So I worked really hard and did it. And I think they're great products, and a lot of other people think they're great products. And and uh, you notice I don't just throw two or three more sauces in the line and four or five more rubs in the line because right. if it's not something I use in competition, I, I don't want to sell it. Now, I may, I may step outside of that whole idea and do a couple of things I've been thinking about, but I've never worked hard on barbecue, and maybe it's time to do some of that, expand it and, you know, do some things, maybe sponsor a segment on the barbecue uh, central show, you know, stuff like that. And, and uh, maybe I should work on that a little more. And maybe I jump in and do some of the SCA stuff just for fun. Um, you know, I, I own a PK grill, so that makes me qualified to do it. At least that's what I understand. Um, so I think, and, I, and I've cooked two or three total ever. But maybe do a little bit of that. I don't know if I'd be successful at it. I, I, I think the judging there is, 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 is random, more random than it is for KCBS stuff. But I, I don't care. I don't care about that. It, it, some days it works out, some days it doesn't. You keep putting the great food in, and and you'll get your name called, and that's how it works. I I was listening to your segment about the guy who was you were asking him if he was just cooking shit food and 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 not getting calls. Man, I knew a lot. I honestly knew a lot of people on the circuit who they never had a bad cook, which is completely impossible. You know that was the thing that Sherry and I learned as we cook more and more contests. We learned that. We'll put our best food in the box. We know when it's good food. We know when it's bad food. We get plenty of calls, win categories, when the food is embarrassingly bad, and then never hear our name be mid-pack when the stuff was outstanding. We just know it wasn't our day on the table. It's going to happen. But when you when you have that kind of familiarity with, with what, what usually scores and, and you have a little bit of humility, knowing that, that even your best stuff's not going to get a call on certain days and your stuff that's not so great is going to get a call on some days, Man, it's a much more enjoyable time at a, at, a, at awards than than the people who are chasing down the rep, waving their scores at them, trying to catch them to to rip them a new one. That's just and, and part of that's what turns me off about barbecue today. Honestly, is is you're not going to win them all. No one's going to win them all. It doesn't happen. Not in barbecue, especially. That was going to be my follow up question from a competition standpoint. You know that 
within your main time in there, I refer to that as the golden era of barbecue. There were teams like you and, uh, you know, Darren's still doing it, but there were a number of other teams that were really good back then that really aren't doing it anymore. I could probably mention names, and most of the people that listen to this show probably don't even know who they are, which is sad to say. But, uh, I mean, you, you were certainly in the middle of all of that. And I would say it's trended down uh, over the last three or four, maybe five years. What do you think attributes to the lust or loss, aside from people chasing the judges down, as you had mentioned? What, did, what else do you think might have uh, caused the trend down? Well, um, it could be any number of things. I'll say this. We had that resurgence after 9-11, and it really started to take off. And it got a lot of it got the network's attentions. It got a lot of sponsors' attention, um, and and then we burned through all of that. And if you'll notice, and I gotta throw out twenty twenty because twenty twenty doesn't count. But yeah. um, in the last couple of years, the big contests have gone away. Some of the sponsorship has gone away. You know, there's other places to put their money, and I think we're just in a cycle. And I think the cycle is, is a downward cycle right now. And I think in a few years, we'll see it cycle back up again. I do. It, I just think it's cyclical, and I just think there's times when we're, when we're in front of people better than and times that we aren't. I don't know if social media plays into it, because uh, I'm not really that great on social media, but, but uh, I, I really don't know the answer exactly, but um, I, know that, I, I know it's all changed. I know it's changed. Well, you won't find him hitting the circuit next year in the old forms, but eh, you never know. Maybe you catch him out in a contest here or there, or as he had said, on a SCA event. Those are uh, continuing to gain popularity. Uh, perhaps uh, nothing more popular in a 2020 competition sense than uh, SCA, but you can get his rubs and his sauces, and they're all over the place in stores and everything, right, Ron? Yeah, yeah. Um, we were in Kroger. People knew us in Kroger. We're not in Kroger, which is fine. It, it, it wasn't a fit for what we were doing. So we're in a ton of barbecue specialty stores around the country, and and uh, it's doing well. I mean, anytime you grab a bottle of eat barbecue off the shelf, it's going to be fresh because it's all moving really well. It's it's hard for me to keep up with it, honestly, some days. So I'm really happy with that, really proud of it. And uh, and I'm really happy to be on here, Greg. I didn't realize it had been four years, but... Yep. But uh, it's always great to come on this show. We were having that discussion today about YouTubers, but what about what about barbecue podcasts? <laughs> I mean, you see people, those people jump in and think they can do what you're doing, and they try it for a while, and it's hard, man. It's hard to do it well, and uh, and then they disappear. You've seen them come and go the way I've seen barbecuers come and go. You know it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know him as the pitmaster of Pellet Envy. He is also a 2020 Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, it's Rod Gray. Rod, thanks so much. Appreciate catching up. Let's do it again. All right, Greg. Thanks for having me, bud. You got it. There he is, Rod Gray, right there from Pellet Envy. Wow, what a great segment with Rod sharing it all and not holding back, which is what you've come to know and love with Rod Gray, of course. And uh, by the way, if you haven't tried the rubs and sauces, they are really good. They get my stamp of approval not that you're looking for that but I've tried them all they're good I would use them all right we got uh, Lendl Scranton coming up out of the break don't forget in the second hour we have my new man crush Rashid Phillips he's coming up at 1014 I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills two lines to choose from at the moment we got a choice line and a prime line so you want to save a couple bucks 
Go Choice Line. You don't get the Wi-Fi technology. Maybe that's not a big deal to you. Not a big deal to me. Maybe you don't need two internal meat pros. I don't. I have a fireboard. So I can save a couple bucks. Still the same size cooker that you get a choice or prime. That doesn't matter. You're just saving some money because you're not getting the tech. Now, a couple hundred extra bucks to spend. You want some technical? No problem. You get Wi-Fi. You get two internal meat probes. You get a look-through glass on the main cooking chamber and on the pellet hopper. A Prime Plus, you even get lights on the inside of it, for crying out loud. More of a sturdy chassis build as well. So for a couple hundred bucks more, you can go Prime. Either way, I mean, you can't lose. Both the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone can accommodate that pizza oven insert that I love to talk about. So if you like hot and fast pizzas, the Neapolitan styles, get the pizza oven insert. Nothing better on the weekend than doing a big pizza party. Family loves it. Kids love it. Adults love it. You make them however you want. Two minutes, three minutes, they're done. You're moving. GreenMountainGrills.com is the website. They sell through dealers, so find a dealer near you. Ask all the questions. They will get you educated. You can take the grill home and be successful right off the rip. GreenMountainGrills.com. We are back with Lendl Scranton from Tailgate Guys Barbecue Show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. So for that Green Mountain Grill, fire up with CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can buy right there online at CookinPellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com. Or you can buy them right through Amazon, if you wish. Your call. Either way, CookinPellets.com, a brand that I love to use. My next guest tonight, co-host of the Tailgate Guys Barbecue Show, which releases new episodes each week covering the live fire industry, especially competitions. He is also a competitive barbecue cook himself. So let's go ahead and hit the hotline and welcome first-timer to this show, Lendl Scranton. Hey, Lendl. Hey, good evening, Greg. Thanks for having me on, man. I am happy to have you and appreciate you making time for the show. I mean, I know you're a big sports guy, so we have playoff baseball. Of course, none more important than right here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city as we have a non-sold-out Jacobs Field, I'm sorry, (laughs) Progressive Field uh, here as we are, I think, are we still losing to the Yankees? It was like... 5-2 Five to two. Last I looked, so uh, certainly unfortunate start. But uh, who cares about any of that? Oh, and we're hosting the uh, presidential debate. If you care about that, I mean, you know, you know what, Lendl, you, you tell everybody how cool Cleveland is for crying out loud. I love Cleveland. I've I've That's, been to Cleveland covering sporting events a few times over the years. Man, it's a great city. Yes. Love it. We're on the come up. Were you, I was there when I was, I was there when it was Jacobs Field back yeah. in uh, the mid nineties. Yeah, that's uh, it's a great old. Uh, well, the, there used to be an old hall, but now it's a great old hall on its own. So, uh, Lendl, give us a quick background about your uh, about yourself professionally and uh, where you're headquartered at currently. Well, I'm located in Springfield, Missouri, which is about two and a half hours south of Kansas City, and about two hours northeast of Tulsa. And I was 36 years as a sports writer here at the uh, Springfield News Leader newspaper, left the business late in 2015. And my buddy, uh, Steve Kaler, had also been in the newspaper business for a long time. He left it a few years before I did. 
and we always were out cooking in our backyards on weekends. He was a neighbor of mine for many years and uh, decided we, well, we had an opportunity to start a barbecue show when the uh, play-by-play announcer for the local women's D1 basketball team, who was a programming director at a local station, I kind of half joked, jokingly asked him one time about, uh, you need to have a barbecue show uh, that also talks sports. So that's how we uh, got the uh, tailgate guys barbecue show rolling on low powered local radio in 2016. And then you've uh, since progressed into just doing the podcast. Did you see that there were more legs on a podcast versus keeping it on low power terrestrial radio? Yeah, exactly. I, you know, we, we were on uh, local radio three years and I probably one year too many and decided that we'd done all we could do. And, and, uh, I thought we had, were, had, had some really good guests, but nobody were, nobody was hearing them. So, uh, decided to take it to podcast at the beginning of 2019. And I think that was a, a wise move and, uh, it's grown the show a bunch. What's the best part of the show for you guys? Well, to me, just, just having, having great guests and trying, trying to pick their brains and, and learn some things, not only for myself, but try to, try to involve the backyard cook as well. I always try to get these guys to uh, give a tip or two along the way, along the course of an, of an interview to, uh, help the guy in his backyard, make better barbecue. And it's been good. You know, I, I goes back to watching barbecue, barbecue pitmasters in the early 2000 and teens. And I would see these guys on TV. And, and once I started uh, trying to get them on the, uh, on the radio show, I was just amazed that, that they said, yes, first of all. And then it was just so cool to have these guys on. Uh, and it was like having a, a sports hero on, uh, on my radio, on, on the radio show. And, it was just really, it was really cool, and it still is. Uh, we're being joined by Lendl Scranton, co-host of the Tailgate Guys Barbecue Show. TailgateGuysBBQ.com is the website. If you want to go ahead and check that out, you can subscribe to the podcast as well. Uh, what's been the most difficult part of doing the show? Obviously, this year is a, a different beast on its own, but prior to COVID-19 and uh, having to do shows separate from each other, uh, what was the most difficult thing that you had found doing it there for the first year or so? Well, just, just the, uh, the, the, wor- the prep work that it took was when you're working another job, when a real job, uh, you're trying to line up guests uh, and, and, and do research. And, and I really want to go into a show prepared. I'm not just going to have a guy on and, and just wing it. I want to I really be prepared for a, just to try to have a good interview. And, 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 you know, sometimes uh, in, this bu- in this business, I, I've been able to line up guests four weeks in advance. Sometimes I've gone down until uh, the night before trying to find somebody. So it, it, it kind of goes in cycles. Right now we're in good shape for the next couple of weeks. But there have been times that, uh, you know, you don't know, I don't know who I'm going to have on uh, next week. Uh, and that, that's a worry at times. But we always seem to pull it out. Linda, let's discuss competition specifically for a bit, especially the contests you have been doing recently as I follow you on social, as I listen to the Tailgate Guys show, as I'm getting in my morning runs. You seem to be not so happy. Well, you seem to be pretty happy with your turn-ins, but the judges don't seem to share the same excitement as they start putting pen to paper in the form of scoring. So is there anything that you can point to as to why those feelings aren't more mutual. Well, first off, I, I've, I've cooked my share of terrible barbecue this year. I want to make it clear that 
I don't deserve top tens on everything I turn in. Uh, for instance, and this judging thing goes both ways. Uh, uh, earlier this year, I cooked ribs at a contest, and it was just a horrible cook. I, uh, my, I let my fire get away from me. The, the meat side of the ribs were uh, basically uh, incinerated. Mm. They were black. So I, tur- so I flipped the ribs over in, t- in, in the turn-in box, and we turned them in upside down, bone-side up ribs in a turn-in box. And I asked Chris Schaefer from Heavy Smoke, after turn-ins, I said, man, have you ever had that happen with ribs where you, where you turn them in bone-side up? And he just laughed at me. I said, no, never had that happen. <laughs> I said, well, I, I'm just trying to avoid being DAL in this contest. Yeah. So there was no chance if I turned them in meat-side up. And, and there was a judge that gave me an 899. Wow. which is almost a perfect score on ribs for that turn-in. So, I mean, that judge should have been investigated for a, for a terrible scoring for giving me a good score that day. Uh, I've had any number of interviews over the course of the show with other cooks that say that there's an old saying amongst competition cooks, food is rarely as bad as the judges say, rarely as good as the cook thinks it is. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I think that's uh, very accurate. I think the maddening part is this year in particular, when, when you see the inconsistencies it, where, where a couple of judges are giving you all nines and then a couple of judges are giving you middle of the road, and then two judges are giving you sixes and sevens. So I, I don't know if my if, if it's good or if it's not good. Uh, if they were all giving me sixes and sevens, then at least I would know that I really had a problem and, and needed to fix it. Now, I've talked to a lot of, a lot of the top cooks, uh, Chris Schaefer, a neighbor at, at a recent cook, Brad Leiniger, I had him on this week's uh, new edition of the show, and those guys have kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit. And 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 as I've asked them, I said, "What's the deal? You know, was, was judging this year?" And I say, "Hey, man, we, we're going, we're undergoing the same thing. I mean, it's frustrating for us too. The difference is they're cooking twenty five times a year, and they can they can bounce back next week. And I cook five times a year, so uh, this is my only shot. But Brad had great advice. He said, "Man, just you, you got to treat twenty twenty as a throwout." Said it's weird this year. Judges are uh, are you're not getting all certified judges for a lot of contests, and also some of these judges are only judging one or two contests this year. And he said it's just they're out of rhythm too, just like a cook that doesn't cook often. If the judge doesn't doesn't judge often enough, he uh, loses his rhythm of judging. Judging has always been an ongoing topic within KCBS, probably other sanctioning bodies as well, but. I've followed closely KCBS over the last 10, 12 years. And for as long as I have been doing this show, that has been a continuing topic. Is it just a convenient item to rehash and the cook should take a closer look at their process? Or do you think that at some point there is really a legitimate judging issue that somehow needs to be resolved? Well, I think there's an issue that needs to be looked at as far as what is the starting point. I mean, guys who were certified 20 years ago may be starting at a nine and judging downward from there. Uh, some guys who, who may have been recently certified, perhaps they're starting at a seven and uh, and adjusting off of that. Uh, it, there's no unification as far as I can tell. Is we, we need to maybe have uh, recertification for judges. It can be as simple as maybe a 30-minute online tutorial every year just to get everyone on the same page. And say this is this is what uh, we're going to start at, and let's have a common ground uh, to kind of base the judging around. Are you surprised that there are the nu- a num- a num- there are the number of 
barbecue competitions that are going on right now? Do you think there would be more? Do you think there would be less where we are right now? Well, yeah, you know, go back to uh, to March, and we didn't know that we would have any. And we've been fortunate in the central part of the country, starting in about mid-June, we, we've had a consistent amount of contests in our in our region. So, and, and that's also brought in the points chasers, where every contest you go to, you have top-notch teams, which is, the, that's a lot of the appeal to me. I, I enjoy the aspect of being around these guys, win or lose, or, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm no doubt a field filler in their eyes, but I enjoy being there and uh, soaking up the atmosphere and being a part of it, and once in a while getting lucky enough to, to have a good turn in and score well. If you're at one of these events and there's 30, 40 teams, are you generally feeling safe? Do you think that you're not being put in any type of a potentially uh, health hazard situation? Yeah, I was a little apprehensive the first event we did, but I, I felt very safe since then. I mean, generally, my experiences going back the four or five years I've done this is everyone pretty much sticks to their own space anyway. And, and no, everyone seems to... Uh, respect everyone's uh, social distance and, and you go to the cooks meetings or indoor activities people are masking up so that's that's the main thing and i'm perfectly fine with it I, and i think barbecue cooks are notorious for being extremely uh, clean and sanitary anyway so it's, it's it's i think it's been good the state cooking association really seems to have taken off during this time uh, those who compete in food sport have uh, had that outlet in SCA. Popularity seems to be as hot now as it ever has been. Perhaps they're even at a growth spurt considering everything that's happening. Do you think that their momentum will carry into 2021 or, or at least through the end of the year here in 2020? Or do you think that they will stymie at some point? I, you know, they, they've, they've rocketed so fast, you would think they are going to plateau out at, at, at some point in the near future. Uh, but it's, right now, it's it's a very popular uh, popular sport. It's less affordable, or it's more affordable. It's less, it's less expensive. You can go out and spend one day rather than two, a lot less equipment. I even became an SCA certified judge this year, so I've gone to the dark side, at least on the stake side, and uh, I'm, I'm judging now over there. Do you think – I've heard – varying opinion uh, both from a competition point uh well for steak and for barbecue that you should be a judge first you should see what's winning and how you're being uh, taught as a judge so when you turn it around and are actually being a contestant you have much more of a working knowledge on what you should be doing in order to give to the judges to give yourself the best chance of getting a good score yeah i think that's a good point i would like to become a kcbs judge just the opportunities to have classes or I haven't seen one within uh, 200 miles of, of where I'm located in the last uh, three years. And that's a thing that KCBS needs to do. I think that should be on the front burner is try to recruit some newer and younger judges to come along and grow the sport in that area, along with trying to bring along some younger and uh, new teams. Do you think that there is a legitimate concern of, whatever the next generation of competition barbecue looks like, do you think there's any interest in doing that? That's a great point. You know, you wonder 10 years from now, will people be cooking uh, or will there, will there be enough judges to judge the things or will they be pulling people off the street? Uh, and you look, you, you go to a contest and, and the average age of the judges are, is, is well north of 60. And 
So where are the new judges going to come from? Then you need you need to start recruiting them now, I think. Lendl Scranton can be found putting out new episodes of his Tailgate Barbecue Guys show uh, once a week. You release on Thursdays, Lendl? We do uh, Tuesday Tuesdays. evenings. That's right. Tuesday evenings normally, and uh, new episode out this week with Brad Leiniger of Getting Basted, fresh off a of victory in Savannah, Tennessee, and, and Mark Lambert, who has an interesting SCA state contest coming up where the ancillary category is whole hog. Is he expecting any more than three people to do whole hog? That's a pretty expensive well, ancillary, right? He has it's a six hundred dollar entry, Poo. but they supply the hogs and they're gonna treat it like an SCA contest. They supply the the meat and you draw for order of, of selection, 130 pound hogs on average and a pretty good prize fund. So he's already had uh, seven or eight uh, entries and he's hoping for twenty to thirty. Would you do that? I have no uh, that talk about embarrassing myself for cooking bad barbecue. I'm sure I could really, literally butcher a hog. I mean, I, I mean that in in the literal sense of hacking it up and then probably cooking it to incineration. Are you watching any so of the no, barbecue uh, television on Netflix? No, I haven't. I haven't uh, been able to watch that series. Uh, I've heard mixed reviews on on this. Uh, is, it, is it the Great American Barbecue uh, Showdown? The name showdown, yeah, the name, the name escapes me. It sounds like some people enjoy it, some people don't. Uh, I'm not really a huge fan of the. Uh, there have been so many shows that have tried to follow Pitmasters. It seems like no one's been able to pull that off. Linda, would you rather wear a monitor that beeps when you're lying or beeps when you're attracted to someone? Uh, probably when I'm lying. Really? <laughs> wow. I would never want that because then everybody would uh, then everybody would know I was lying. Well, you just can't lie, man. You just got to be honest about things. And uh, I'm honest when I cook bad food, and then when I cook good food, I'm honest about that too. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, Lendl Scranton, right here on the show, first timer. And again, make sure you're subscribed to the Tailgate Guys Barbecue Show. Lendl, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Greg. You got it. There he is, Lendl Scranton. If you are not subscribed, you should go over there and do that. Tuesday nights, they release, so I would imagine any time now. Maybe it's already out in the feed. When I release stuff into my feed, it takes like five hours for it to get out anywhere. What do you guys think? What would you rather wear? A monitor that beeps when you're lying or beeps when you're attracted to someone? I would rather wear one when I'm lying. I agree with that, now that I think about it. Otherwise, it's weird. Why are you beeping? I'm attracted to you. I don't want any part of that. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap the first hour. And when we come back, your phone calls and emails if you want to jump in, 216-220-0966. Or you can email Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Stick around, we'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show.
continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. You can find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Fireboard 2 and Fireboard 2 Drive. Come on, it's so fun. I have to imagine ratings are in the tank here this evening. There are so many things working against me. Playoff baseball, presidential debates. Although, in the many decades that I have been doing this show, we've run through presidential debate time of year, through elections even. Super Tuesday is something that like people vote on Tuesdays. We will do a show then. You vote during the day, come back at the end, and at the end of the day, and we'll have a show. It's fun. Thanks again to Lendl Scranton for joining me last segment. Honestly, talking about his turn-ins. There wasn't a hidden agenda for me to be like, hey, are you really cooking bad food? Or are you really having a judge issue? As Rod Gray said, there's been plenty of competition cooks that have never, ever had a bad cook in their life. And they're shaking those cars. Hey, mister, you come back. I got a bone to pick with you. Can we get these scores audited post-haste? Don't be that guy. Or gal. Lady. Also, thanks to Rod Gray from uh, Pellet Envy. If you have not tried his rubs and sauces, you want to try those, of course. And they're both... uh, Both of the rubs are uh, really good. Both the sauces are really good. A little bit different in flavor profile, obviously. You don't want to make, you know, four of the same. Blue shirt equals green screen. Guess what? No green screen still. Just a lush landscape of Manhattan behind me. I left Cleveland, uh, and it is obviously daytime in New York City right now at 10 p.m. Eastern. That's right. It's, it's It's the city that never sleeps. How do you think you got the nickname? All right, we're going to be uh, heading to the second hour here. So refresh your libations, check your baseball scores, get down on some of those uh, prop bets for the presidential debates. And once you get your fill with that here over the next minute or so, then you can come back and take in the second hour of the show where you will find visits from Rashid Phillips. You'll also find a visit from Lene Oxley-Loop closing out the show, who is also a Barbecue Central Show guest hall of famer.
And uh, we'll be back right after this. Stick around. <laughs> 